This podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. Hour two. Off and running, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Hit me up on the Divini Equipment phone line, Divini Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson. Call me. I'd love to hear your voice, 995-1059. And in just a couple of minutes, we'll talk with Steve Robertson. If everything goes according to plan, signals connect, and so on and so forth, we'll talk with him because there's recruiting news. That I need to learn it. I, I will let y'all in on a secret here. <laughs> and the guests, a lot of times who come on this show, will confirm this. Um there's no like pre-planning of what I'm going to ask. And I don't call them and get to have like a 15 minute conversation. I'm already versed. And we're just going to repeat this for you. <laughs> when I have a guest on, it's generally and and 99 out of a hundred times. It's, I need to ask them questions. So I'll know. <laughs> uh, and in this case, there's been a, a flurry of wide receiver recruiting for Mississippi state. And I just want to learn a little bit about it. So uh, that's coming up in a few minutes. We also have the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days brought to you by Matt Anderson Properties with National Land Realty. And today is team number 38, and it hits very close to home. We had a fun first hour. It was fun for me anyway. This just kind of organic conversation that bloomed from celebrating Dak Prescott's birthday. Um. He's 27 or 28. I just know he was born on July 29th. Uh, we couldn't figure it out according to Wikipedia. And the conversation of the greatest college quarterbacks we've ever had in the state of Mississippi, McNair one, Dak two. But you know what? If we're strictly talking about throwing the football, now total touchdowns, total yards, Dak's on up there. But when you look at the throwing and the passing numbers that Eli Manning put up in his time at Ole Miss, i tell you what now, this dude, and see, he did it basically in three years. His sophomore year was unbelievable, wasn't it? The fact that Eli Manning in his sophomore year, see, his freshman year, Eli only played in six games. So Eli Manning didn't really have what you would call like a full-on four-year career. He really had a three-year career and change, three and a half years. Back then, you're playing 11 games. Made up for it in a couple of bowl games, but it was primarily three years, his sophomore, junior, senior season. His sophomore year, he was just under 3,000 yards passing at 29-48. But he completed 31 touchdowns and only nine interceptions. His junior year, 3,400 yards, 21 touchdowns, 15 picks. And his senior year, he goes for 62%, an even 3,600 yards passing, 29 touchdowns. And only 10 interceptions. His his passing numbers were incredible. And you know what? It's actually backed up. I tweeted this just a little bit ago. I know it seems like I'm kind of now hammering away at a nail that's already completely driven in. We're going to change the subject, I promise. But just to drive it home, I tweeted it out. Greatest quarterback in Mississippi college football history. One, Steve McNair. Two, Dak Prescott. Who's number three? Uh, Brandon Walker from Barstool Sports said three, Eli, four, far, five, Reggie Collier. Fun conversation. Appreciate all the feedback. And I am jealous today of Lewis on Facebook. 
Well, first of all, I'm jealous of JB because he got to see Willie Totten play for Valley and he got to see Steve Air McNair play for Alcorn. He saw him both in person in Jackson. I'm jealous, but I'm really jealous of Lewis. Lewis on the Facebook live stream says, I saw Archie, McNair, Dak, Totten, Manning, Favre, and Reggie Collier. None better than McNair. Can you imagine being a Mississippian, being born at the right time and the right age to have been able to watch every single one of those players play in person? You're not only talking about the best in this state, you're talking about the best ever. Many of those. And then a few of the best ever in the NFL. One of them still out there trying to do it. And yes, Mary watching on Facebook. It's her birthday too. Maroon Mary, happy birthday to you. Sharing a birthday with Dak. How lucky are you? I know what it feels like, Mary. I get to share a birthday with Jack Crystal. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. To the the bald guy who texted us earlier today in hour one and said, ah, here we go. Three hours of Homer radio. And he's right. I'll admit it. Today's been Homer radio. I don't care. It just is what it is. <laughs> uh, real quick, and then I'm coming to Steve. Anthony from Tupelo said, it ain't like it was a recruiting blunder to want McNair as a safety or cornerback. He held the state interception record until the kid from Houston broke it about five, six years ago. He was great. You could put Steve McNair at any position and he'd be great. He just he could have been an NFL tight end. No question. All right. Speaking of recruiting, hits and misses and blunders and so on and so forth. Let's talk to a guy who's been covering it for 17. This will be his 17th signing class covering recruiting here in Mississippi. Steve Robertson on Twitter. He is at Scout Steve R. And he's on your radio right now. Steve, we have had a fun conversation. And, and before we get going, I saw on Twitter, you, you interjected with Jackie Parker. What am I missing on that? One of the greatest, most prolific passers in the history of the game with Mississippi State. Now, they didn't win a lot of football games, and they had to throw it a lot because they were behind. But Jackie Parker was the guy that uh, put up some huge numbers at Mississippi State. And uh, I guess maybe because of the fact I've written a couple books on Mississippi State history, I've become <laughs> a little fonder of some of those guys. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, you. Sh- I was thinking as you were talking, I-, I was thinking to myself internally, you ought to know, Steve. You ought to know because <laughs> I-, I think you've had to research that a little bit. We really, I think overall, there's just a million different ways and angles, isn't it, Steve, where we could approach how fortunate we have been as fans in Mississippi to see the players we've seen come through here. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, that's, and I know that too, you know, but how evenly distributed the great memories are. You know, you mentioned Steve McNair at Alcorn State and Favre at Southern. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's been, there have been some guys that don't pick State or Ole Miss that the whole state kind of cheers for. And, uh, that's kind of a cool thing too. And I'll tell you, we, speaking about that, you know, history and that sort of stuff too, I had a conversation with a guy over the weekend, reminded me of something I'd forgotten about. You know, Tommy Farr that played at Mississippi State was the second player in the history of the SEC to have more than 2,000 yards all-purpose in a season. The first guy to do it, did it the year before, was a guy named Steve Spurrier, and he won the Heisman Trophy that year. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That is really cool. Crazy. Yeah. What a what a cool nugget that is. Um, I, I wanted to catch up with you today, Steve, because as I was telling our listeners, 
and, and you can attest, it's not like I call you up and talk to you for 30 minutes and get all the information and then bring you on the air. I, I just get you on because I've got questions I want to ask. <laughs> and, and so I want to ask you, I saw this tweet. I was helping my wife and daughter paint. They're painting a room in our house. I saw a tweet about a big wide receiver recruit for Mississippi State, and that's basically all I know. So who was it, the recruit that committed the state yesterday, Steve, and what should we know about him? Yeah, it's Malik Neighbors out of Como High School there in South Louisiana. And I, I tell you, this story has kind of taken some time to unfold. When Joe Moorhead first began to recruit Malik Neighbors, he didn't even have a recruiting profile on 247 arrivals or anybody like that. I mean, he was virtually an unknown, and State was on him pretty early. Well, now he's got over 30 offers, including most of the Southeastern Conference, and, uh, you know, wants to play in the air raid. And, and his good friend Teddy Knox is already committed to Mississippi State. I won't say they're a package deal, but certainly Teddy's influence was uh, you know, certainly a, a positive for Mississippi State. But, uh, you know, he's around 6'1", 190-pound outside receiver with incredible leaping ability. And he doesn't have elite size, but you wouldn't know it in the red zone because they throw the fade to him and he'll go up over the guy and get it. But the thing that impresses me the most is just the competitive nature of this kid. It doesn't matter where the ball is thrown. He just simply finds a way to go make the catch. And that's something that's kind of been hard to find for Mississippi State over the years. You know, so um, I'm looking at the sizes of the players that State's going to, you know, potentially throw the football to this year on the outside, Steve. Osiris Mitchell, 6'5". You know, Heath is 6'3". Shavers is 6'6". And they moved Javante Payton into the slot, and he's a 6'1 guy. So I'm just wondering, are we looking at slots for inside and outsides in this offense? And is is this kid going to project to move into the slot when he gets to college? Well, yeah, he's being recruited as an outside receiver, but okay. he is a guy that can play multiple spots. You know, Knox is going to be a slot guy, but, uh, you know, Neighbors is going to start out as an outside guy, and then we'll see. You know, we'll see how things progress. Okay, okay. I'm going to click right – I'm on the uh, Jeans Page website right now. I'm going to click on uh, football recruiting and commitments, and I'm just looking at it. This is 2021 class. And I'm looking at these wide receivers, and two of them are four stars. I'm curious this, Steve. The way the receiver recruiting is going right now, we're not even talking quarterbacks. How does it compare to past recruiting for past coaches at the receiver position right now? And I know it's not signing day yet, but how is it comparing? Are they recruiting better at the receiver position? Well, I think right now, when you look at the the first blush, you'd say, yeah. And you also got Brandon Buckhalter in there, too. His, you know, Some of those guys that commit early kind of lose their hype a little bit. And this is a guy probably – that has some upper mobility and he'll rise in the rankings, but you got three very talented receivers and that's a holdover from the Jim Moorhead class. But I think what happens with Mike Leach is because of the fact that he is a proven commodity as a play caller, he is going to attract wide receivers that want to catch the football a lot. There's a lot of guys listen to signed under Dan Mullen that caught the football a little and blocked a whole lot. And so, and you know, Matt, from dealing with wide receivers, you know, they want the football. And so they're going to get it a lot in this offense. And so I think that a lot of receivers out there kind of see the, the track record of what's happened at Texas Tech, what's happened at Washington State, and say, you know what, I want to be a part of that. So I think there are some, some doors on the recruiting trail that are open for Mississippi State that have been closed for many years just because of the brand of offense that Mike Leach is going to bring. You know, you mentioned Buckhalter uh, from Hartfield. And so he's listed at 6'3", 207". 
the the service there has him as a pretty highly ranked three star. You mentioned upward mobility, um, but he's really built in the mold of that outside receiver lining up on the numbers, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I don't know if he's quite two hundred seven, uh, but okay. yeah, I mean, he's right around two hundred pounds, and he's a strong. If you watch, the, if you watch him play. You can you, he plays big. He is the guy that runs through people, and so yeah, I think that he's the guy. You, you work him on the slant inside. You don't have to worry about him uh, dropping the football. Yeah, Steve. Without if you know you haven't even had a practice yet in this offense at state, much less getting close to a game. Although we're what thirty eight days away from September the fifth, we'll see what happens. It it. Um, you know, again, reading the tea leaves, I'm looking at four-star receivers that are committing. It it just seems that regardless of whatever national rank there is, that this staff has been able to hit the ground and recruit to their system um, right away. It, would you say that that's accurate? And, and how accurate is it, in your opinion? Well, I think it is accurate. I think one of the things, too, is you have to factor in, too, is that Mike Leach held over the recruiting staff. So you held, you know, Mike Villagrana and Rod Gibson and Brad Peterson and Mason Smith. A lot of these guys are working for Joe Moorhead. And so when the new staff gets here, they're able to kind of hit the ground running because in many respects, a lot of the targets have already been identified and they're already somewhat familiar with Mississippi State. And so you're recruiting some of these receivers, a guy like Malik Neighbors, who Joe Moorhead offered. And now all of a sudden, you know, we may have been just another offer before, but now all of a sudden you're thinking, hey, you fit exactly what we want. And so I think it's been a good marriage in that respect that Mississippi State had already identified many of these players, and then Mike Leach comes in and, and sells them a brand of offense that they find very entertaining. Steve Robertson on your radio. Follow him on Twitter if you don't already. It's just at Scout Steve R. So Malik Neighbors from Louisiana, four-star receiver, commits to Mississippi State yesterday. You mentioned all the offers that he had. Steve, you also mentioned State offered him first, kind of discovered him, the Moorhead staff. Um, that obviously had to have helped in this recruitment. Who who was State competing against the most for this guy's commitment? Well, yeah, the final the final two were Georgia and Mississippi State. And uh, before that, he had a handful of other schools. You know, Ole Miss was in the mix with him a little bit. Uh, he had an Alabama offer. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State, but uh, but he's the guy that wanted to stay reasonably close to home. He wanted to stay in the southeast, but uh, yes, he was kind of considering SEC schools, and I think by and large people expected that to happen. You know, LSU was a school that uh, you know was on him pretty early, didn't offer, and that was kind of the worry, and probably still is. is you know, hey, you know, when LSU wants in the state of Louisiana, they generally get, and so. You know, you got to recruit this kid and just hope the relationship holds up if they decide to come back late. But uh, he's had interest from some of the best teams in the country. You know, too, Steve, we're talking about recruiting to that system. As I just scroll through, like that's the 2021 class, there are three four-stars on there over at Gene's page. One's a quarterback and two are receivers. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, the, the highly ranked recruits anyway, are they're coming in there to throw and catch. I mean, it's pretty clear on paper. Yeah, I don't think there's any question, you know, and, and you need that this year because, you know, and, and to be fair, you know, the state of Mississippi, the talent pool this year appears to be a little more shallow than it's been in recent years. But, you know, we didn't get the spring evaluation period. We didn't get the summer camps. There's a lot of those kids that are still kind of unearthed. You know, they haven't had a chance to really get out and be evaluated and kind of put themselves on the showcase. And so mm-hmm. 
I expect to see a real land rush of offers for a lot of these kids once we get into the season. But I think there's going to be a lot of misses this year because I think some schools are going to panic because they haven't had a chance to really evaluate a lot of these kids, but they still got a need at wide receiver, a need at you know, running back or whatever, and they're going to go get a kid to make sure they have one. And I think the kids are having to make decisions with less information than ever before because they just haven't had the benefit of getting out and being on campus and shaking a man's hand and getting a feel for a campus. You know, Steve, it's really interesting you bring that up because I've experienced that here uh, because I'm in the and, and have been in the video, the, the professional realm of the video production world. Um, recently, I had the opportunity to work with a high school kid who needed a video showing his true, like not doctored, his true weight, his height, his hand measurement, his wingspan, his 40 yard dash, his broad jump, even throwing the football some. And needed that in a video form so that he could send it to coaches he's communicating with because the coaches at these colleges were asking for it because there have been no camps. There's been no way for them to go see him or vice versa. And you actually have college coaches with some of the, you know, like marginal recruits that that may have improved from one year to the next. And the coaches are saying, hey, just send me a video. Show me exactly what you weigh and exactly what you measure and it's interesting, they're trying their best to evaluate them, but having to do it from a distance. Isn't it, isn't it, it's a tough spot for these recruits to be in, frankly. Oh, it is. And like you have to sell yourself. You know, it's one of those things, too. I think about what about those kids out there that don't have the resources to put that stuff together? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of other kids out there that, uh, you know, they got a friend like you or, or like me or somebody that can say, hey, here's a picture and let's do it on video. Would you stand up next to the tape measure so they don't think we're joking, you know, that, that we're trying to fudge numbers here. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of kids that just simply don't have the ability to do that. And so as a result, there will be some quality players, I think, that kind of fall through the cracks that may even end up going to junior college and then kind of emerge as stars down the road. It's just going to be a really weird year because of how little time they've had to evaluate players. That's right. Steve Robertson on your radio right now, uh, expert in all things Hale State. Covers them 24-7, has been doing that for the better part of two decades for Gene's page. Y'all follow him on Twitter. It's at ScoutSteveR. Before I turn you loose, Steve, uh, we had a question earlier from a fan on the text line that wanted me to ask you if you had a gauge on the basketball side on what uh, Robert Woodard uh, may or may not do. Might he come back and be a part of the team, or is he going to stick with the draft? What do you think? That's kind of the million-dollar question right now, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's like last week I had some people close to the family telling me he was leaning towards coming back, but we're beginning to see some projections here in the last couple of days of him in the first round, and I'm told if he gets a guaranteed first-round pick, there's no doubt he's going to come out. Because, uh, listen, here, let's be honest about this. There's no guarantee about men's basketball season this year either. You know, Everybody's true. kind of figuring this thing out. People are just kind of assuming. Well, what if, what if there's not a season this year? And what if Robert Woodard doesn't put himself in a position where he can improve his standing? Mm-hmm. Well, then maybe he has to come out. And that's a very difficult decision. But, uh, I don't know that I could call it today. Last week, I was pretty confident he was coming back. But uh, today, I'm probably second guessing that a little bit. I think it's still very much up in the air. Boy, that is an interesting point. I didn't think of the what if of what if he says, Oh, I'm coming back to school. And then two weeks after he says he's coming back to school, he realizes we're not having a season. You know, it's almost like everybody in all these sports, Steve, are giving waivers to to make these decisions based on the pandemic. They ought to do that for kids like Robert also, don't you think? 
Yeah, I think so. And I think that that's the thing about this year. The NCAA is having to be a little more flexible with this. I think that's one of the reasons you've seen so many of these waivers for transfers be approved is because nobody wants to – the optics on that are so horrible. You know, if you just decide, oh, we're not going to let this kid uh, transfer and, and, and be able to play immediately. And so I, I think there probably has to be some draft considerations because of the fact everything keeps getting pushed back. Now they're they're going to have an NBA draft combine after all, and they've pushed that back. Well, that's going to be after the, the drop-dead date for the deliberate, for the uh, decision for the, the August 3rd. And so right. – I think they've got to step in at some point and work with the NBA and say, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let these kids go, but if they don't get drafted, we're going to let them come back. And my hope is maybe that opens up something for some legislation in the future for some of these football players that decide to go out and then end up undrafted to give them the opportunity to come back and play. Yeah. And there's no point pushing these kids out the door. There's just no point in that. N- none whatsoever. I couldn't agree more with that. And as we get a little closer, maybe we we get you back, Steve, and have a little further conversation on the basketball side. We're out of time now. It always goes by quickly. It means we have fun talking to you, Steve. So I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks. We'll see you soon. Steve Robertson at Scout Steve R on Twitter. Give him a follow. Man, I thought about that. So if you're a basketball player, you're on the fence. I go pro. I'm, my name's in the draft, or do I come back to school? And you go, well, I need to know more because if I come back to school and then we don't have a season, what do I come back to school for? Hmm. So they're going to have to extend that window and kind of be very flexible on waivers and stuff for these guys who are like a Robert Woodard who's trying to make the decision on what he ought to do. Hadn't even thought about that. So much is so much to consider. All right. Rolling along in hour number two. Stick around. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Back with you. Rolling along here in the second hour here today in the Farm Bureau Insurance studio, Farm Bureau Insurance Go with the home team. They are your home team across the great state of Mississippi. As Haley Barber used to say. <laughs> it used to be such a pet peeve. You know, we've all got our own pet peeves. You know, there might be something that drives you crazy that doesn't drive anybody else crazy. And your friends look at you and go like, why are you so bothered by that? And it's just a pet peeve, man. It is. One of mine is when you're in the drive through line, you know, like a Chick-fil-A or something like that. Or even if you're sitting at a red light and the person in front of you in their car, they won't pull up closer to the car in front of them. <laughs> I was in the drive through line at the donut shop the other day getting a donut for my daughter. And the car in front of me insisted on leaving enough space in front of her car. You could get two cars in there. She had people sticking out in the road at the in the back side of this drive-thru because she refused to pull up closer to the car in front of her. And I'm like, social distancing is for individuals, not vehicles. <laughs> you know, it's a pet peeve. <laughs> Maybe she got confused. I don't know. But uh, I hate yeah. it when people just sit at the green light after it, after we've been sitting at a red light and it turns oh. green and you're like, I have a rule that I count to 10 Mississippi, and if, and if they're still sitting there, then I'm laying on the horn. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, 
that you honk at them? Oh, yeah. I mean, after, you just, after 10 Mississippi, you beat or them. as uh, Haley Barber, Barber would say, Mississippi. Mississippi. That's a pet peeve of mine, man. Don't say Mississippi. It's Mississippi. It, look, if we wanted people to say Mississippi, we wouldn't spell it with two sets of double S's. Yeah, my crooked letter I, crooked letter, crooked letter I. <laughs> right. Home back, home back I. It's spelled the way it's spelled. Therefore, you say it the way you say it. Anyway, nobody cares what I think. <clears throat> Except some of these folks here on the country, please, and text line. Uh, mad male person says nothing better than sharing one with what Babe Ruth and President Reagan. Are you serious? You share a birthday with Babe Ruth and President Reagan? Unnamed texture. And I'm not going to give anything away. I just know these folks are from Alabama. Says we love country pleasing sausage. The pineapple makes a fabulous sausage dog. You bet it does. You better take your hat off if you're on a boat because your tongue will knock it right off. You'll lose that hat forever. <laughs> Mississippi Tiger said, ask Steve what's up with state and four-star receiver Antonio Harmon. I'll have to get that one in next. Dirty Frank. See, we had on the all-time quarterback list, we had Dak 2, Eli 3. Dirty Frank says, did Dak win the Maxwell like Eli? Or was he a Heisman finalist like Eli? Well, the answer is no. Plus, Eli Manning was number one pick. Eli Manning's passing numbers are really, really good. It, it, you know, Dak's passing numbers are better than Eli's in college, though. Plus, Dak had the, all these rushing stats, 1,000-yard rushing seasons. Different players, and it is a fascinating debate. Kind of, It's wherever you put the emphasis. Gator Nation says, okay, Matt, the choice is yours. Greatest Bulldog ever. It says, the two you suck up to, who wins, Mangum or Dak? <laughs> I don't suck up to them. I'm just telling you like it is, Gator Nation. I mean, you tell them, you are one to talk, Gator Nation. You suck up to Tom Brady every chance you get. He doesn't even play for your team anymore. You bandwagon Patriots fan. Every text, I can prove it. I can prove it with a screenshot. Every text you've ever sent us, you signed it as TB12 GOAT, and you're on me about sucking up to somebody. <laughs> hey, y'all are fun. I appreciate it. All right, unnamed texture says, Matt. David Murray reports that Mississippi State is planning on social distancing vehicles in the Bulldog Club lots this fall. Explain the reasoning behind this, please. Doesn't make sense to this bulldog. I, heck, I don't know. Maybe it's a thing where the experts say, "Look, some people open their door and the sun hits them on the face, and what do they do? They go and sneeze all over the car next door. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, that's my theory. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a sneezing preventative measure." Trey has the same pet peeve. All right, here we go. Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison, Ann, and Jackson. Joey, you're up first. What's up? Hey, man, man, don't, hey, JV, don't give anybody 10 seconds in Pearl because the light's only 15 anyway. So then they get to go when you blow the horn and and you don't. So if you're going, uh, you get, hey, I'm, I'm patient. Get about four seconds, and I'm gonna introduce you to the horn. Yeah, I well, tell you some. 
I tell you something else that's rude, Matt. Pull up to the farthest gas pump, people. Mm-hmm. This is a public service announcement. Do not stop at the first pump you see. Pull up to the last one available. So the rest of us mm-hmm. can use the pumps as well. And when you are through pumping your gas, you can put your seatbelt, count your chains, and pour your stuff into your Yeti cup over in the parking lot. You're done with your gas pump. Move out of the way. And I'm serious. It's a public service announcement, Matt, because some of the nicest people I know Mm. don't realize that they need to pull up to the furthest gas pump until somebody tells them. So have I, you I ever, Joey, helps, Joey, have you ever watched at a gas station where there are three pumps, the first one, the second one, and the third one, and you, they're all three open and you've seen somebody pull up and go straight to that one in the middle and stop. That's the worst because <laughs> now it's hard to do either one. That's right. Yeah, and and quit pulling your car so fast. Well, I think we're really helping people, Matt. They used they used to Jake and Steve used to do a, a segment about you know what's irking us. Mm. Maybe we could, without being angry and mean, but really from a, just a public service announcement, help people out. Yeah. Um, uh, in, this, in this six in this six foot social distancing thing, like at the convenience store. Yeah. There's no reason for you to be any closer to me than that. There never was. Never and guess was. what? Mm-hmm. There never will be. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. I've never, I hadn't seen too many people in gas stations that I wanted to be six feet close to anyhow. That's just the honest truth. Hey, look. <laughs> Myself I included. <laughs> I had to quit going to one store because the crowd just won't. I mean, mm-hmm. I. Look, back off. This six foot rule. This six foot rule. Can we keep it like perpetual? <laughs> Make it permanent. I, 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 I would love that. And think it would protect us against if it works. Yeah. And, and and the science shows that it works. Then why wouldn't it also kind of prevail against the common cold and flu and other things? Right. 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 Good stuff, Joey. Thanks for the call, buddy. More bully. On the Divinity Equipment phone line. More Bully, what's up? What about it, Matthew? Yo. Man, I'm glad you're going over this topic. Okay. What about that guy that puts his blinker on to let you know the guy ahead of him's turn? Oh, the worst. That's a big no-no. You're confusing <laughs> everybody. Yeah. And then there's, there's it's usually a woman, sorry, that puts on her brakes. And she's rolling up to a green light. <laughs> Thinking, well, it may turn red. <laughs> Awful. That's Awful. pretty rough. Yeah, that's pretty. You know that what? Also, is a you know what's a pet peeve of mine is I'm on I-55 and I've got the cruise control set to let's just say it's set to I don't know. I know where you're going. A good round seventy-five, and there's somebody that gets next to me and insists on passing me and then slowing down and then passing me and then slowing down. And I can't even need to have a Mad Max car. They (laughs) right. They pass me and then they slow down and then they pass me and they slow down. And all I want to do is get away from them. That's all. I just don't want to be near you. And it's like, they are like 
they're like a horse fly. They just will not leave me alone. And learn how to park, people. Yeah. Just just learn how to park. This segment learn is like that uh, that cartoon uh, Family Guy when Peter Griffin they gave him a segment on local news called You know what grinds <laughs> You know what grinds my gears and of course with his accent. You know what grinds my gears and we need to get that sound clip and do our own what grinds our gears every week. Well, I think this segment has been an episode of Seinfeld, to tell you the truth. Well, it really has. This is the most Mississippi Gridiron Chris Brooks segment I've had uh, in, I, in two I weeks. I can't disagree. <laughs> I can't disagree. <laughs> All right, you too, man. Yeah, we really Brooks that segment up right there. <laughs> oh, I hope he's listening because I know he's laughing. <clears throat> Beaver, where are you, buddy? Love you, man. Those guys uh, were talking about having a contest to see, like, if the people at the zone were running for office, who would win the most votes? And I said I was going to make T-shirts like in the movie Napoleon Dynamite. I was going to make T-shirts that say, Vote for Beaver. That's right. I'm going to be his campaign manager. That might be a good thing. Gene. Y'all are enough. Y'all are y'all. Y'all have enough similarities, but enough yeah. other There's, things that would bring out the good in both of you. Right, and we could have a dance. We can we we could have a little. I've seen Beaver dance. Now he can cut the rug pretty good. <laughs> I'd like to see that myself. A beaver Be on the dance what floor. You wish for. Everybody, back up! There's a beaver on the dance floor. Gene in Madison says he always uses uh, the middle pump. Eh, you're selfish, Gene. That's okay. We love you anyway. Countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Number 38 coming up next. Stick around. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team. Farm Bureau insurance available to you in all 82 counties. Staying connected to you around the clock, that's what I do. 24 hours a day, like I'm uploading, posting stuff all hours of the day, tweeting stuff, staying connected to you on Instagram because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer Inspired, check out those deals at cspire.com. They have a deal right now where, uh, whether it's adding one line or two, you get new phones. Every time you add a new line, the phone's free and it's super affordable. And the best thing about it is they'll tell you, okay, you add this line, this is how much it costs you every month, and that's it. Flat rate, it ain't changing. No bull, no hidden charges. And they're doing that for you at cspire. Check it out, cspire.com. Countdown. 100 college football teams coming up. we got team number 38 today. We are 38 days away from the start of the college football season. That's coming up in about two minutes. First, though, Chris hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Hey, Chris. You know what I can't stand? What's that? 85% of the drivers on the road. I have a theory that most people, when they, when they grab their keys and they shut their door to walk out of their house to get in their vehicle, they leave the brain, their brain right back inside where they walk out of them. <laughs> they didn't bring the brain with them? Yeah. Right. Nope. Because if you were, hey, and, and I would, what I would like to do is I'd like to challenge anybody that thinks that 
think that the, this, that, that's not the truth, then come get a, come get this big truck with me in Tupelo, and we'll turn around and drive <laughs> just to Birmingham and back. And back. <laughs> and you'll, you'll agree with me. Yeah, I bet. I thought I was a decent driver before I got in here. Yeah. No, rules. I realized I was just as, just as foolish as everybody else. Hey, I'll admit, I'm that guy. I always, well, I say always. I try to do it seven days a week. It usually averages out to about six days a week. I go for about an hour to two-hour walk in my neighborhood. Some days, two hours. Most days, one hour. And I do it in my neighborhood. Um, it's super-duper residential. We're not close to any major highways or anything like that. And every time I, I go, almost get run over I do. I do. I'm the guy who walks, and I am not afraid to yell at people, and I wave my arms, and I tell them to slow down and everything because of the way people drive through our neighborhoods. Yeah. So... Uh, just maybe that's just what happens to us, Chris, when we get older. We don't like the way other people drive. Well, the, no, the street that I the street that I live on and been living on since I was like nine. Yeah, they use it for a drag strip and make it. I know people like. I mean, neighborhoods where people live, they should people ought to have to respect it. And I used to think, oh, it's too expensive. That's crazy to put in speed bumps. I'm all for it. Put them all over the place. <laughs> if you want to. Thanks for the call, Chris. Make them tear their car up. They're going to drive down through there. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for the call. All right. Let's do it. Team number 38 on the countdown. It's the final countdown. 100 teams. 100 days. The countdown is presented by Matt Anderson Properties a member of National Land Realty. Call Matt Anderson at 408-5155. That's 408-5155. Team number 38 on the countdown brought to you by Matt Anderson Properties and National Land Realty. He can help you buy or sell that piece of property with the Land 360 degree interactive drone touring. It's really cool, by the way aerial views you can view the property without ever setting foot on it and if you're selling property matt will get you those comprehensive internet traffic reports for your listing so you can see who's looking and how many call him matt anderson 601-408-5155 408-5155 team number 38 lord of mercy it's apropos it's those rebels from old s somebody planned it out that way the diehard Ole Miss fan would say that God planned it that way but what are the chances that Ole Miss would be number 38 on the countdown and I'm using the football power index at ESPN so that's um, the list over there they're number 38 on that list that's right but here's another thing <laughs> this is crazy you know why I'm bringing it up I mean for those that don't know um, number 38 near and dear to Ole Miss. They give it to their best defensive player every year. They have ever since Chucky Mullins uh, was injured wearing number 38. It has kind of become the number, the special number for a, a defensive player. So not only is Ole Miss number 38 on the countdown, they are number 38 on the football power index at ESPN. But if you flip over <laughs> to page 38 
of the Phil Steele College Football Preview Magazine, then on that page, page 38, he has Ole Miss listed as one of his most improved teams for 2020. There's 38s all over the place. I just, you know, look. Right next to that on Phil Steele's power pole in his magazine, he has Ole Miss. He lists them as Mississippi at number 38. Is this some kind of, what's going on? How did all that work out that way? Do you guys not see the irony in all of this also? The, the way that I do. Uh, let me tell you what Phil Steele, our old buddy, old pal, Phil Steele, says about Ole Miss. Now, he's high on them, has them as one of the more improved teams in the country. If you look at his forecast for the SEC in the Western Division, he has Ole Miss at number five, one spot ahead of Mississippi State, two spots ahead of Arkansas. So just for a point of reference, Phil Steele has the Western Division like this. One Alabama, two A&M, three LSU, four Auburn, five Mississippi, six Mississippi State, and seven Arkansas. Here's what he says about Ole Miss. Last year, the bowl ban was finally gone, and Ole Miss was back up to 85 scholarship players. Matt Luke brought in a tremendous freshman class, led by quarterback John Rice Plumley. Running backs, Ely and Connor. Ole Miss had four close losses, but Luke was let go. Kiffin steps into a pretty good situation, as this was, as he says, uh, a young and talented team that gained experience. They are poised for a breakout year. Kiffin is a new head coach with a new with new coordinators, zero practices, dampens the enthusiasm a little, but the schedule is there and the talent is there, he says. Kiffin took FAU from 3-9 and nine to 11-3 and three his first year, and they, meaning Ole Miss, or in his words, Mississippi, make my most improved list this year. So you look at them, that's a 4-18. and 18. We, can, we know all about it. You know, we, we know how the things ended for them last year. It's the first year for Kiffin. By the way, look at this. It's Kiffin's ninth. This will be Kiffin's ninth overall year as a head coach in college football. His record as a head coach is 61 and 34. Of all the teams that we've been previewing here, ever since my Phil Steele magazine came in, one of the things they track is the number of returning lettermen, which to me as a former player, that, that means a lot to me. We got a whole bunch of guys back who've played, I've not seen any team with anywhere near this number of returning lettermen. A grand total of 73 players on an 85 scholarship roster that have played in games that are returning on this year's team for Ole Miss. That's a huge number in terms of experience coming back. Regardless of wins and losses in the past, 44 on offense lettered, 24 on defense, five special teams guys. They have eight starters returning on offense, five starters returning on defense, and, of course, quarterback, one of those, or really two of those starters on that side. Kind of a two-headed deal there, Matt Corral, John Rice Plumley, And then you mentioned the running backs. Of course, Plumley and Ely are both baseball players. Now, I forget who I was talking to. Who was I talking to yesterday? that told me, and I cannot remember who it was, I was talking to somebody that told me that 
you know, the last that they had heard very recently within the last couple of days is that both on the Baylor side and on the Ole Miss side, that there had been no discussions about moving their game, moving the date, um, and all that. I, I mean, we're still waiting. But Baylor and the Big 12, they're in discussions this week with their leaders. What are they going to do? SEC discussions this week. It did emanate, just for your knowledge, it did kind of start to emanate uh, this morning that the ACC leaders who are meeting today and voting for that conference are going forward with football season, but that it is most likely going to be an 8-plus-1 schedule for the ACC. Now, if that comes out that it's going to be an 8-plus-1, 8 conference games plus 1 non-conference, you're looking at a late September start to their season. And then they play eight games against their own conference and only one out of conference. But if that happens, it'll be big news, uh, especially for the other leagues like the SEC who would like to play some of them in a non-conference game or whatever. Have you taken a peek at that roster? At Ole Miss's uh, roster? At Ole Miss's they roster. Got six quarterbacks on the roster. Six. Yeah. You know, the crazy thing is they're all young. They you know, well, you know, Corral, what's he going to be, a redshirt uh, junior this year? Well, see, I don't think so. I think he's only going to be a redshirt sophomore because that first year in 2018 didn't count against him. That's right. That's right. So, so you got him and Plumley that are really kind of heading that group of six up. Right. It, he and Plumley are the oldest ones of the group, and they haven't been there long. Stick around. 